Johnson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Hope you had an excellent, relaxing, restful weekend. I was off last Thursday and Friday. I was just feeling a little under the weather. Didn't want to come in. Didn't want to risk it. Didn't want to get my coworkers sick. So I got tested on Thursday. Got the results Sunday. COVID-free, baby. COVID-free. Coronavirus. Very real. Very legit. Alive and well in lacrosse. Take it seriously. If you feel sick, get tested. Stay home. I got tested. And believe me, I am the biggest baby in the entire world. Like, I, the one time I've had anything serious done at the doctor's, that was my wisdom teeth. I had to get my wisdom teeth pulled, and I went in. I passed out in the chair before they could even put the IV in my arm. Like, I am soft as soft gets. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, they stick a thing up your nose. Whatever. I like to pick my nose, so it's, it's whatever. So it's, it's along those same lines. Get tested. Take it seriously. Stay home. Another 23 uh, new confirmed cases in lacrosse as of 3.30 today. Those are the only ones that we know about. Those are only the ones that have been tested. So take it seriously. Big shout out, by the way, to Gunderson Health System because they they got that thing down to a science over there. Getting people in, getting them tested, getting results back. They're they're doing God's work right now. So take it seriously. I had to take a couple days off last week uh, just to make sure. Well, a couple of minutes ago, just as about 5 o'clock, the players in Major League Baseball voted, and they voted down... Uh, Major League Baseball's proposal. So the players said no by an overwhelming majority. I think the vote was like 35 to 3 or something like that. 35 to 3. I don't think those numbers match up, but that's not the point. Players said no. And I was going to start the show today with talking about baseball, but honestly, what has baseball done to to deserve our attention and our discussion on this show? So we're going to say, we'll talk baseball at 5.30 and we have a couple of more details. We'll see what the situation is like. But it's looking right now like like mutually assured destruction. Is that the is that the phrase? Mutually assured destruction? These two sides are going to destroy each other. It's not a great outlook. Uh, and, and that was only confirmed just a couple of minutes ago as of 5 o'clock. We all thought that was the direction it was trending, but confirmed as of a couple of minutes ago. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and we're going to talk about baseball coming up at 5.30. But I wanted to start with something a little bit more positive. Because if, if baseball is going to continue to argue back and forth and bicker, and not work towards a solution, why should we talk about him? Like, let's talk about something good. Because the good is tough to find in the year 2020. The good news stories, right? The stories of people doing good. It's been tough to find. And I actually think the last couple of days, we have an example of an organization, specifically a sports league, doing some good. So I want to start with that, some positivity. 2020 has presented all of the sports leagues in the world, but for our conversation, we'll stick in America, in North America, in the USA. 2020 has presented sports leagues with all sorts of challenges, but a challenge can also equal an opportunity, right? Depending on how you view that challenge. For example, the National Football League, I think so far has had it easiest. They were in the middle of their offseason. Their offseason actually just began when this pandemic hit. So even if football is played this fall, they will have had a long time, as, as long as possible, to prepare for it. But they killed the virtual draft in, in April. They did a great job. They, they did a great job seizing that opportunity. Now we'll see how the season goes this fall. But so far, the NFL has handled things pretty well. The one challenge was the draft. They got it done. The NBA, 
I think of all the American sports leagues, faces the biggest challenge. Because they were in the middle of their season. They were actually about to start the postseason, and then things cut off abruptly, and they had to adjust on the fly. Now, I think the NBA has done as good of a job as they could do. I think their plan is as good as good gets. That doesn't mean that the NBA bubble in Disney World will work. I mean, the cases are spiking right now in Florida. I saw a number today reading that positive tests in some areas of Florida have reached 15%, meaning a a little bit, what is that, a little bit less than one in five are testing positive. That's a huge number. Even if the plan is great and everyone's agreed to it, that doesn't mean it'll work. But we'll see. The NBA's had the biggest challenge. Major League Baseball is is a a perfect example of what I'm saying, a challenge equaling an opportunity. Major League Baseball faced a challenge of the pandemic, yes, but it was an amazing opportunity for them to be on the stage all by themselves for really the last, I mean, they should be starting in about a week. That was the plan. And they they could not have done a worse job with this. Major League Baseball has fumbled this at every turn. They blew a huge opportunity. Whereas the NFL capitalized on an opportunity with the draft, and the NBA seems to be doing as good a job as they can do to try to capitalize on the opportunity to restart their season. NFL, NBA, MLB. You know who we have to start recognizing? NASCAR. NASCAR has done an amazing job. They have treated this pandemic as, of course, a challenge, but also as an opportunity. They got things going without fans. They saw it as an opportunity. It's like, hey, if baseball's not going to play, we'll get our product on TV, and we will welcome in as many new fans as we can get. Back on June 14th, I saved the tweet. I saved the bookmark. NASCAR tweeted out a video. This is a caption of the video. The official NASCAR Twitter account said, Hey, are you new to NASCAR? Not sure how the stages work? Watch this and follow NASCAR Nation to get more of your questions answered. They were producing content, videos, graphics to explain the sport to people who might be new. Brilliant, right? Capitalizing on that opportunity. And NASCAR uh, actually was delayed from yesterday. Talladega was supposed to go yesterday. It was delayed to today. There was a rain delay earlier. They're on lap 104 of 188. Ryan Blaney is currently in the league, and I'll keep you updated with that. We need to recognize NASCAR because NASCAR has done an amazing job. They've treated this like an opportunity, and they've nailed it at every juncture. First, getting their product on TV safely, and then making it accessible to new fans with the content like I was just telling you about. They want to explain their sport to new fans. They want to welcome them in. But even outside of TV and welcoming in new fans, NASCAR has done more. They've done an amazing job the last couple of weeks with everything going on in our country, civil unrest, poor race relations, protests, even riots. NASCAR has done an incredible job. They started by banning the Confederate flag at all of their races. And we already talked about this, and I don't want to dwell on this, but they've gotten a ton of backlash. You saw last night outside of Talladega Super Speedway, which is in Alabama, an airplane was flying laps, pulling a Confederate flag Behind the plane, making a statement, saying defund NASCAR, which really doesn't make sense. It's not like you can defund NASCAR like the, like the police or you can defund Planned Parenthood. They're a private organization, so you don't, you don't really defund them, but whatever. That uh, sounds about par for the course with NASCAR fans in the South. They've gotten so much backlash from their fans, and they knew it was coming. Are you kidding me? NASCAR knew that this would happen, and they did it anyways. It's almost as though they felt responsible, and they felt responsibility to take action, and they did, led by Bubba Wallace, the one black driver in NASCAR. I don't know if you saw what happened before today's race. So yesterday was supposed to be Talladega, got rained out, got moved to today. Before the race started today, it was beautiful. 
And over the weekend, if you didn't hear, Bubba Wallace found a noose in his garage. And nobody really has access to NASCAR garages as it is, but right now with no fans anywhere, it's somebody, it's an employee, right? It's a member of a pit crew, an attack from maybe his own team. And what NASCAR did today was nothing short of brilliant, and it might be the best feel-good story I've seen in weeks. And even if you're not a NASCAR fan, before today's race was powerful. And sport has power. Sport can be really, really powerful. It can reach ways that other platforms just can't. Sports are powerful, and NASCAR wielded that power to do some good today. I don't know if you saw. I retweeted the video on our Twitter account, at WKTY. I retweeted it as well, at Keystroker Grant. All the drivers walking with Bubba Wallace to the starting line. All of them. Shoulder by shoulder, marching to the starting line. One unified group. And then the 82-year-old Richard Petty rolled in. The king walked up, put his hand on the shoulder of Bubba Wallace, took off his awesome badass hat, and they stood there unified for the national anthem. It was so powerful, and it was awesome. And if you haven't seen the video yet, go find it somewhere because it'll make your day. NASCAR is killing it, and we need to recognize NASCAR. My job as a host of this show is to pay attention to the news, which has been weird in 2020 because we don't have sports news, so kind of everything's fair game. Whatever's news, we're talking about it on the show as it pertains to sports. My job is to pay attention to the news and then talk about the news. And 2020 has been absolutely exhausting because all the news has been bad. Today was an amazing feel-good event, and I am a NASCAR fan. Because more so than the NBA or Major League Baseball or the NFL, NASCAR has seized this pandemic-created opportunity to take a step forward and to make changes for good. And it was beautiful today. If you haven't seen the video, go find it. It'll make your evening, I promise. When we come back, I want to continue to talk about NASCAR. We're going to get to baseball soon enough. I, I'm not leading the show with baseball. Why do they deserve to lead the Wisco Sports Show? They just don't. Hang around. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. Wisco Sports Show rolls on. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. Hope your week is off to a good start. I feel like in 2020, we need to we need to reset our expectations for what is doing well. Yeah, somebody, how you doing? Do you really want me to answer that question? Nobody's doing well. It's 2020. We're all miserable. We have no sports. We're all miserable. So baseball, it looks like we're not getting baseball anytime soon. The players uh, voted against the league's proposal of what was a 60-game season. That's not good enough. And we're going to talk about baseball coming up more in about 10 minutes. Uh, Just a quick update, though. Now Manfred is going to have to impose a season, which means the players will file a grievance, and the chances of baseball this year are slim to none, and this fight continues into next season. Really quickly, before we move on, it's just funny because the Players Association released a statement, and the first line is, earlier this evening, the board reaffirmed the players' eagerness to return to work as soon and as safely as possible. And then it goes on, blah, 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 blah. How are you so full? How are you that full of it? Both sides saying, hey, the owners want to get back to playing. And the players are saying, hey, we want to get back to work now. And nobody's getting back to work. So I, I don't know how both sides can continue to, to peddle that message with a straight face. It just doesn't make sense to me. But we're going to talk more about baseball coming up in 10 minutes. Because I, I want to focus on something more positive. I think NASCAR, from the top rope, is killing Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL right now. Now, NASCAR is a very different league. Drivers have their own cars, and they're moving at 200 miles an hour. So, like, 
the back-to-play process for NASCAR is easier than basketball or Major League Baseball, but that's that's not what it's about. If the NBA can't continue play because of coronavirus, we'll understand. If the NFL can't get back to play because of a virus, we'll understand. Baseball, screw baseball. I don't care what happens with them. We hate them regardless of how this ends up. They've sealed their fate there. It's not about getting back to play. It's about how these leagues have handled their business. And NASCAR is killing it from banning Confederate flags to welcoming in new fans and making the sport accessible and how they handled the pre-race ceremony with Richard Petty and with Bubba Wallace. It was beautiful and it was one of the best moments of 2020 so far. NASCAR is killing it. And I want to talk about them for just a couple of more minutes before we move on. So this past weekend, Bubba Wallace, the one black driver in NASCAR, he works for Richard Petty Motorsports. He's on Richard Petty's team. The one black driver in NASCAR who started the movement single-handedly to get Confederate flags banned. All him. He did this. And I say that in a good way. It makes me sound like, my tone makes it sound bad. It's a tremendous, tremendous thing that Bubba Wallace has done. And NASCAR has continued to move in the right direction, despite being in the South and probably being against a lot of their own fans. And then a noose ends up in his garage this last weekend which is obviously a a terrifying sight and a terrifying symbol for a black man, as it has been for, I don't know, what, hundreds of years in this country? Sport, we talked about this last week. Sports and all entertainment, whether it be movies or television or music, all entertainment have always intersected with politics. We like to think this is a new thing. It's not, right? I gave you examples last week of Crosby, Stills, and Nash songs. We can talk about Ohio from the late 60s, early 70s. Right, Olympic protests in the 60s, right, Muhammad Ali and Kareem and their social activism, Rage Against the Machine in the 90s and early 2000s. Politics and entertainment have always coincided, but possibly they are coinciding in 2020 even more because of the current circumstances. This weekend, we had another example the noose ending up in the garage of Bubba Wallace and the reaction from NASCAR to this gesture and their gesture previously of banning Confederate flags. Sport intersecting with politics, and it happens more frequently this year than it has in the past. It's always been going on, but this year it's it's almost like it's on steroids. This is what NASCAR's statement was. I want to share with you some more. I, this statement is tremendous. Late this afternoon, NASCAR was made aware that a noose was found in the garage of the stall uh, of the 43 team. We are angry and outraged. We cannot state strongly enough how seriously we take this heinous act. We have launched an immediate investigation and we will do everything we can to identify the persons responsible and eliminate them from the sport. As we have stated unequivocally, there is no place for racism in NASCAR and this act only strengthens our resolve to make the sport open and welcoming to all. That is a very well done statement, specifically one part of that statement that I want to revisit in a couple of minutes. Richard Petty made a statement and he shows up at the race today to put his hand on the shoulder of Bubba Wallace and stand beside him during the national anthem. Bubba Wallace put out a statement as well. And I thought all three parties did a tremendous job getting their message out there and making it clear that racism has no place in NASCAR. It has no place on Richard Petty's team. It has no place anywhere. Getting back to the noose that was found in the garage. In the last week, nooses have been reported in parks in New York City, in Oakland, in small towns in Maine, in Fort Worth, Texas. Those are the those are just some of the cities that I could find in my really, really brief research. I took 10 minutes. It wasn't hard to find. Lots of examples in the last couple of weeks. And this is expected blowback 
from the racial progress that our country has been making or trying to make in the last couple of weeks from police reform or attempted police reform, renaming of certain buildings or forts, taking down of statues that might have shades of racism or colonialism or imperialism, right? The Confederate flag being banned at NASCAR races, Juneteenth being celebrated this last week. Racists are mad. And these nooses showing up everywhere, including in the garage of Bubba Wallace, is blowback to the progress our country and the majority of people in our country are are trying to make. And it's expected, right? It's very similar. We see political blowback all the time. We saw it in 2008 with Obama. We had George W. Bush for eight years. We're like, all right, we've we've had a Republican guy. We want something different. Let's go for Obama. And then eight years later, what did we do? We said, hey, we had Obama. Very, very left-leaning politician, right? A lot of people consider him to be a socialist. So, hey, let's go to the other end of the extreme with Donald Trump. Now, maybe the last 20 years is a good example of why we need to fix our political system. But an example of blowback nonetheless. This isn't a political show. We see blowback all the time. Racists are pissed. And they're currently making their voice heard or trying to make their voice heard. Thing about racists is they don't have a lot going for them. Chances are if you need to resort to the color of your skin to feel good about yourself in comparison to other people, you don't have a lot going in your life. If you resort to the color of your skin to feel superior or accomplished instead of your job, your family, your education, your hobbies, you're probably a pretty crappy individual and you don't have a lot going for you. That's why racists will scratch and claw and cling to keep the the current status quo, just like they did um, in the Civil War and in the Jim Crow South throughout the 60s, and just like they're doing now. Racists have nothing positive going for them in their life. That's why they're racists. So they're going to cling and scratch and claw to to keep the status quo as much as they can, and that's what we're seeing right now. There's going to be pushback. There's going to be pushback, and that's why it's not enough to just be not racist. You might have seen this sentiment floating around. It's It's been a pretty common sentiment on social media that it's not just enough to be not racist. You need to do more, whatever that means, whether that's donating, whether that's protesting, trying to vote politicians in that will promote social change, whatever. It's not enough to sit casually and be not racist. That's not enough because racists are going to scratch and claw and cling and hang nooses all over this country to try to keep the one thing in their life that they feel as though they have going for them, which is the color of their skin, which is absurd. This is why it's not enough to just be not racist. And that's why I love the statement that NASCAR put out. The final sentence of their statement says there is no place for racism in NASCAR and this act will only strengthen our resolve to make the sport open and welcoming to all. NASCAR gets it. NASCAR gets it because they realize that racists will not quit. They will hang nooses, right? They will scratch and claw and cling to anything they can to keep the status quo And that's why it's not enough to just be passive. That's why NASCAR, at least through their statement, has said, hey, this energizes us. This powers us further, and it strengthens our resolve to make our sport a better place. NASCAR almost saying, hey, whoever hung that noose in the garage, number one, we'll find you, and we will drive you out of this sport. But number two, thank you, because this has strengthened us. And this only makes us more motivated to drive out racism and improve our sport. NASCAR gets it. Like, I don't know where NASCAR's been my whole life, but I don't know why in the state of our current country, they're the league that's knocking it out of the park, but they are. There's going to be pushback. Racists are not going to let go easily, 
And that's why that attitude is necessary. Our resolve needs to be strengthened, as NASCAR said. As NASCAR said. We need to be active, not just passive. Not just passive. NASCAR gets it. It's I've been really, really impressed with this league. Right now, we're still in the middle of the Talladega race. They're on lap 119 of 188. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is in the lead. Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, all in the top five. There's been a lot of turnover. There's been a lot. Martin Truex was up there early on. Denny Hamlin was up there early on. There's It's been a very fluid race, so I'll keep you updated as the race goes on, but I, I, I'm slowly turning into an NASCAR fan. They're, they're really selling me on their sport. When we come back, let's go to the other end of the spectrum, a sport that seems to want to destroy themselves, and that's Major League Baseball. The players voted on a proposal from the league just at about 5 o'clock, and they voted it down strongly. And I guess I'm just, I'm just confused as to exactly what baseball players and what Major League Baseball itself, I, I'm, I'm a little confused as to what they're both trying to do. Because they both seem pretty intent on destroying their sport. And so far, they're doing a pretty good job. We'll continue to talk about that. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Listeners of WKTY, don't worry. The conclusion of Talladega, the Geico 500, is going to be right after my show ends. So at 6 o'clock, we'll catch the last 20, 30 laps or so. The lead keeps flipping. Every time I check the leaderboard, we have a new top five. Chris Bushler, you'll have to excuse me, I'm new to NASCAR, is in number one. Ryan Newman, Ryan Blaney have been up there. Denny Hamlin have been up there as well. It's been a really competitive race. It's been back and forth in the number one and number two spots. We'll catch the end of that race right after this. I am now a NASCAR fan if you're just tuning in for so many different reasons. I think the league has done a tremendous job and treated this pandemic like an opportunity as well as an obstacle, and they have bettered their sport for it. I'm going to get a NASCAR crew neck. I'm going to I'm gonna see if I can't. Just a nice black one with the logo across the front. I'll sport that thing, you bet. Looking for a, a NASCAR crew neck is, <laughs> as soon as the show is done today. We'll join the race in progress right at 6 o'clock. All right, let's, let's do this. Uh, let's do the inevitable. Let's talk about baseball. Okay, so they had a vote back at 5 o'clock on the league's latest proposal that's 60 games prorated something along those same lines we've seen basically the same deal dressed up a bunch of different ways and every time the players have said hey no that's the same deal we vote no (laughs) the league brings it back dressed a different way and the players say it's still a no and we've been doing this for the last month and that essentially happened again so what's going to happen now plain and simple is uh the commissioner is going to impose the season the players will sue And there will be many, many, many lawyers. And the sport will eat itself. Free agents this offseason will get absolutely screwed. There'll be no money to spend. And this battle will continue into next year because that's when the CBA is up. And mutually assured destruction will hit both sides. Baseball is eating itself. Whatever. That's what That must be what owners and players want. Because both sides have had an opportunity to step in and do anything else. And neither side has. And don't give me this, oh, I don't side with owners crap. It takes two to tango, okay? The owners and the players have both had opportunities to make this work. Neither one has taken it. So I don't want to hear this. It's all on the owners. It's not all on the owners. The players have said repeatedly, tell us when and where. And the owners have said, here's when and where. And the players have still said no, okay? I'm not saying I'm taking the owner's side. But there is blame everywhere on both sides. And that was just... Proven further with that vote at 5 o'clock tonight. So for the last few weeks, I have had tweet notifications turned on for 
all baseball people, right? Jeff Passan of ESPN, Bob Nightingale, USA Today, Ken Rosenthal, John Heyman. I've had my my phone set so that when any of those guys tweet, I get notified. My phone buzzes and I can look at it. So anytime there's an announcement, there is a leak, there's an article, I see it because I'm trying to stay up to date. And I've been checking my phone every time the, it buzzes, seeing what, what news there is. And starting on Friday and going throughout the weekend, I just stopped paying attention. I stopped caring. I just stopped paying attention whatsoever. I just started swiping the notifications through. You know, when you get it on your, on your lock screen and you open your phone and you just swipe it to the left to get rid of it? That's what I started doing. Because Major League Baseball has become the league that cried wolf. Right? We all know the story. They have said the same argument. They've sent the same proposal. They've made the same complaint over and over and over again for almost a month now. And they can try to dress it up using different language and different numbers, but it's the same. The league doesn't want to give the players what they want, and the players don't want to give the owners what they want. And both of them seem pretty intent on submarining baseball to a point where it almost might not recover in the next, uh, now, 12 to 15 months. That's what these two sides seem intent on. And they can say whatever they want, but it's starting to fall on deaf ears. And it started to fall on deaf ears for me last week. Maybe you reached that point a long time ago. Maybe. But they have become the league that cries wolf. And I started to see the sentiment last week that I couldn't understand. I wanted to pull my hair out. I kept seeing the sentiment from Ken Rosenthal and Bob Nightingale and Jeff Passan, where all of these baseball reporters and baseball people were saying, hey, well, at least they're talking. At least they're speaking the same language. At least they're finally sitting down and discussing it. And I'm like, are we really giving them a ribbon or a cookie or a trophy right now on June 22nd for finally acting like adults and having a conversation? No, screw them. If they would have been talking the same language or if they would have at least been having a conversation back in May, sure, fine. It's June 22nd. The season was supposed to start on March 26th. They announced on, what was it, March 20th, I want to say off the top of my head, that they were postponing the season. On March 20th, and I will look up the numbers so I have it for the final segment. On March 20th, that was the day right there that negotiations should have began for the next opening day. And since March 26th, which was the original opening day, although it went even farther back than then, I want to say either March 20th or March 11th. Both of those days stick in my mind. It should have started then. They should have started negotiating then. They should have sat down at the table then, not now. That's why any agreement, any progress, or any positive development in negotiations, I don't care about anymore. It's June 22nd. You blew it. It's done. It's over. There's not going to be baseball on the field this season. And I'm the, and I, I literally mean this. On the 1% to 10% chance that there is, the product is going to suck, and you're going to have a big number of players sitting out. Because why would they risk their health, both COVID-related, virus-related, and their knees, right, their arms? Why would a pitcher risk his elbow? Why would Corey Knable risk his elbow to go out there and pitch for 40 games? Why? It makes no sense. So on the, at best, 10% chance that there's baseball this year and that the grievance doesn't drag this out into November, the product's going to suck. I don't care. Baseball, you lost, you're done. Stop negotiating. Take your... Take your bag of balls and bats and just go home. It's done. It's over. You messed it up. You blew it. NASCAR, a sport that, what, 80% of Americans don't watch and until last week had Confederate flags flying at its races. 
That's the league that has outclassed you and lapped you, pardon the pun, for the last couple of weeks. NASCAR. Well done. Robin. America's pastime got outclassed by a southern niche sport. And I say that with all due respect to NASCAR because it is now my third favorite league. That, that takes effort. You need to try that hard to mess up your own league and to mess up your own season that bad. And you know what? Baseball did it. Baseball did it. It's funny because last week, the players just started saying, hey, tell us when and where. Just tell us when. We'll be there. Well, today and multiple times throughout the last week, the league said, hey, here's when we want you to play. Here's how many games. Here's how it would go. And players said, okay, well, actually, we don't want to play. And that's why I like I will not accept people yelling at me for being pro-owner. The players have just as much as blame here as the owners do. They could have voted today to start the season, and they chose not to. It's June 22nd. The days are now going to start getting shorter. We are, we are dangerously close to the 4th of July. It doesn't feel like it. It feels like summer just started, and I guess technically it did. But in Wisconsin, I think summer, what, halfway through May? When everything really starts to get green and it starts to get hot, that's when summer starts for us. As soon as the 4th of July hits, which is, what, less than two weeks away now, summer starts, like, we start winding down. We're past the halfway point. The days are getting shorter. We start to look forward to football season. I don't give a damn about baseball anymore. I don't get, I do not care. I cannot believe that the Players Association and the league combined to do this poorly of a job for this long of time. I get getting off to a slow start in negotiations. I get running into one hiccup. The NBA did. Hell, last week, Kyrie's like, hey, maybe we should start our own league. Like, the NBA had hiccups, too, but they got past it. Baseball could not. Another thing I don't get, seeing we're just complaining about baseball, is the union made concessions, right? We, we all want to think that Tony Clark and the Players Association was standing fast, and they weren't giving in. And I guess, in a sense, they were. But... They said, hey, we'll do universal DH. Fine, we'll give you that. Hey, we'll start extra innings with a runner on second base. Fine, we'll give you that. It's a pandemic. It's a, it's a unique situation. The league was, or the players were willing to give in on all of these things, except for, you know, the details that would actually lead to games. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And what's going to happen are the players are going to take to social media. They already are. Less than an hour after their vote. They're already taking to Twitter. I saw it over the break. And they're saying, hey, this is the big bad league wants us to do this, and we're not comfortable doing this, and they want to pay us this, and that's not enough, blah, 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 blah. The league, the league, the league. Well, you know, players, you're not in charge of the league, but you know who you are in charge of? Your union leaders, Tony Clark and your chief negotiators. And they've done a terrible job, an absolutely terrible job. And they did a terrible job in the previous CBA, which we've all acknowledged. We've all acknowledged. Like, that is, that is common belief that the last CBA that Major League Baseball signed was a terrible deal for the players. Tony Clark himself admitted it at the All-Star break a couple of years ago. He's like, "Eh, baseball's in a bad spot. Players have no money. Nobody's signing free agents. This is a bad deal. Yeah, yeah, Tony, you you were literally the the person in charge of negotiating it for the players, and he did a terrible job. And And I don't get it. Sports is the only place that we do this, maybe with the exception of politics, where somebody can be so bad at their job, so bad at their job, and, and nobody does anything. It's the same with Demora Smith in football. It's the same. Demora Smith has negotiated the last couple of CBAs, which were all admittedly bad for bad for the players. The rookie contracts were terrible, and the offseason programs were terrible. 
and and football's like, hey, let's do this again. And you know what? Let's have the same guy in charge. Makes no sense. If you hired somebody to babysit your kids and you got home and the kids had only eaten candy and one kid broke his arm, the other crashed your car while trying to drive it in the backyard. You wouldn't say, hey, you know what? The babysitter we just hired, why don't you come back tomorrow? You'll get there. No, of course not, because your children are too important. This CBA and these decisions for baseball players are too important because it's the lifeblood of their league. This battle is going to extend into the offseason because the players are now going to file a grievance. It's going to extend into next year with lawyers on lawyers and lawyers and lawyers, and it's not going to get better because the new CBA is looming next fall. They are destroying their sport, and they're allowing it to happen because they're not doing a damn thing about their union representation. And I don't get it. It blows my mind. It's not logical. It's not logical. Tony Clark was the union head for the last CBA, which went poorly. He is still the union head, and players are going to villainize the league, and they're going to villainize the system, man. The system's keeping us down. No, your union leader's keeping you down because he's doing a terrible job. And today, of all days, I wish I could swear on the air. Because this language is not strong enough for the stupidity of both parties involved. Both the players, the Players Association, and the league and Rob Manfred. I thought maybe COVID would change things. When players started getting infected and they started to look really, really serious and unsafe. I thought COVID would change things. Because maybe, just maybe, and how naive was I to believe that coronavirus, a global pandemic, would make both sides realizing that they're fighting against something bigger, that they'd both say, you know what, we're fighting with each other. The real enemy is the virus. How logical would that be? That would make sense. But no, of course not. It's one of, one of my favorite lines from the show The Office. When the two mergers, the two branches merge, right? When Michael Scott oversees the merger of these two branches, he's trying to welcome them in, and he's obviously doing a terrible job. And it ultimately ends up working Because everybody just hates Michael. Everybody hates the boss. And Michael, at the end of the episode, says, sometimes nothing brings the kids together like hating the lunch lady. Michael, of course, in that instance, was the lunch lady. The lunch lady in this instance is coronavirus. And it's infecting players, and it's killing hundreds of thousands of Americans. And the players, and the union, and the league are still pointing fingers at each other. And it's ridiculous. It's going to kill their sport. And NASCAR is lapping them. Pun intended. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. Racing fans, do not worry. And I'm one of you now. I'm a new NASCAR fan, so I'm excited as well. We're going to catch the end of the Geico 500. They're racing at Talladega right now. We're going to catch the end of that race right at 6 o'clock when this show's over. So they're on uh, lap 136 of 188. Ryan Blaney is in the lead. We'll catch the end. We'll catch the best part. Don't worry. Before we wrap up the show, I want to quickly mention um, a big thanks to Twisted Tea. They're sponsoring our Restaurant Rewards Program, something we're doing on all of our stations here at Midwest Family. Uh, Twisted Tea has teamed up with us to give you rewards and reward you for eating out because I know COVID is in our community right now, but we're still trying to support local business, whether you're comfortable dining out, maybe eating on the patio or taking your food to go. All you got to do when visiting your favorite local restaurants is to ask for a rewards code. Just give them a little wink and a nod. They'll know what that means. They'll give it to you. Go to aroundrivercity.com, plug that code in, and you can instantly, immediately, win a $20 gift card to that restaurant or, if you're lucky, 
50 bucks cash. Buzzard Billy's, Big Boar Barbecue in West Salem. Flipside Pub and Grill, Baracho's Mexican Grill in Onalaska. And David Ray's, uh, a big thanks to Twisted Tea. Go to AroundRiverCity.com for more details. It's so easy. I know you're going out to eat anyways. I haven't cooked. I've, I've been bad. I've gotten so much food. I've bought so much food rather than cooked the last two weeks. That's just how 2020 is going. I know you're in the same boat. So make a little money while you're at it and ask for a code when you're eating out at your favorite restaurants. We're talking We're talking about baseball. I, I don't really know how to feel. I, I was just perusing Twitter really quickly over that last break just to make sure I didn't miss anything. And I, I don't know. Maybe this is the, the baby boomer in me. Maybe I'm being an old man and I'm yelling at a cloud here. So call me on it if that's what you think. But it's it's really frustrating to me to... Know that the players are voting on something. The players want to play. They said, hey, tell us when and where. We want to play. And then they vote against playing strongly. Then they come out with a statement that says, hey, we want to play. And then players hit Twitter 10 minutes after the vote to explain themselves. We have Trevor Bauer saying, hey, here's what we meant by when and where. Shut up. I don't want to hear from you. I, I, don't, I don't understand how both players and owners can say the things that they say with a straight face. And I'm not trying to sound dramatic. I'm not trying to sound whiny because there's way bigger things going on in our world between the pandemic and between what's going on in Yemen right now, which is horrible, what's going on in our country with race relations. There's a lot of bigger things at play. But I just want to point out to you, I just cannot believe this. I'm reading the statement from the Players Association. They put out this statement 40 minutes ago. So about 10 minutes after the vote was was struck down. This is what it says. Earlier this evening, the full board reaffirmed the players' eagerness to return to work as soon and as safely as possible. No, you didn't. You you were literally voting on whether you wanted to play baseball or not, and you voted no. How can you immediately, immediately, within 10 minutes, put a statement out that says you want to get back to work? It would be like me looking for a job, being offered a job, turning down a job and putting out a statement saying, I want to get to work as soon as possible. I'm full of it. Players associations, full of it. The owners are full of it. Both sides are peddling this. Oh, we were 100% committed. No, you're not. How do you say that with a straight face? And how has no one called you on it? I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to turn on ESPN tomorrow morning, to tune into Dave's show, to listen to Dan Patrick and Bill Michaels, because baseball players and owners alike are going to be eviscerated. Eviscerate. You don't think you don't think that everybody at ESPN with a show, radio, or TV is writing a scorched earth monologue to deliver at Major League Baseball tomorrow? Like like Mike Greenberg on Get Up. I don't even like Get Up. But Mike Greenberg's gonna do some dramatic stare at the camera and talk about how the world is ending and baseball can't figure it out. Like, everybody's planning that. The PR for baseball in the next few days is going to be miserably bad. It's going to be terrible. And it's only going to get worse when the players inevitably file a grievance and bring dozens of lawyers into this thing and drag it out for the next year and we don't get baseball. All while everyone's stressed out, ready to pull their hair out, because we have a pandemic that our country is handling terribly. I don't care what the president says. It's not going well. It could not be going worse. And, and look, I, I don't want to continue to say the narrative because everybody says this, right? Baseball can't figure it out. Meanwhile, 40 million Americans are out of work and 100,000 are dead. Yeah, I know you've heard that 100 times. But I, but I guess it's worth repeating. Because we're, we're just not in the mood to hear this right now. 
We're just not in the mood to hear this. I was actually going to end the show by saying, hey, you know, we're all frustrated with baseball, but when it comes back, you know, I'll, I'll watch. I don't care. I'll still watch. I actually throw that out the window. This is, this is unbelievable to me. It goes against every bit of common sense in so many ways. It, they're, they are lying. Not even through their teeth. They're lying in writing in the statements they release. Hey, we're 100% committed to getting back to work. I wish I could swear because there's some words that I would like to respond with to that statement because they're full of it. If they were 100% committed to getting back to work as soon as possible, they'd be back to work already. And we'd be talking about opening day starting next week. The 4th of July, that was the goal, right? I said before, I said before Memorial Day, I was like, if they don't get this figured out, is it even worth it? And that was a month ago. I, I just, I'm in disbelief. I've been, I've been closely watching sports now for, what, my entire life? And I've never seen anything like this before. I've seen lockouts, right? I've seen labor disputes, shortened seasons. I've never seen anything like this. This is wild. And this time, we won't have roided up players <laughs> to, ba- to bail out the league and to win our hearts back and our imaginations back. What a mess. I'm going to go home, drink some beer, and listen to Jimmy Buffett. I'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you then. 